Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. Now, I know some of you are visitors this night, and so even if you don't know anything about the Christian faith, even, honestly, it's okay, if you haven't been in church in years until tonight, I have a sense that you've heard the story we've been telling before. I mean, it's a story that has been repeated thousands of times for, well, a couple of thousand years. It is a story that has been told in the great works of art of the Western world. It's appeared on Christmas cards that have been in your mailbox the past couple of weeks. It's a story that's repeated on nativity or crush scenes on your neighbor's fireplace mantle. You already know how the story goes, how it ends. And you've heard us telling the story again this night. We are repeating it for maybe the hundredth time. Now I get it, okay? I understand that repetition has, well, a bad reputation. Repetition is often equated with being boring or predictable. And yet, and yet this night is a night that lends itself to repetition. I mean, just try not serving the Christmas ham this year for dinner. Or, a mistake I once made saying at the end of the Christmas season, we should get an artificial tree now. Nothing is supposed to change this night. And if you do try to change it, you are likely to bump into an experience that will tell you how important predictability, sameness, and yes, repetition are a part of this night. In fact, I know college-aged adults who have returned from all points of the compass, even some from other countries, and one of the first things they do upon arriving home is to ensure that the manger scene and the Christmas tree are exactly where they were last year. It's the same in the church. This night's Christmas Eve service hasn't changed in years. Ray Klemchek, our choir director, emails me weeks ago and says, what are the carols that we're going to sing? And then he immediately sends a second email before I respond that says, same ones, right? <laughs> exactly. <coughs> And that's because we learned our lesson about 25 years ago. We tinkered around with the Christmas Eve service. We thought it had gotten a little boring, predictable. It was the same old, same old. And so we added some pizzazz, some drama. We had a dining room table, and a family arrived. And, and we thought that this fresh idea would, would really inspire your imaginations. And, and what it inspired was this rash of complaint letters that we received. We learned our lesson. The predictability and repetition of this night. The telling of this story. Of a child. A child born to bring love and hope to the world. This story can and does stand on its own.
So generally speaking, we only insist on repeating that which is very important. Which may be why children, when they're young, almost never grow tired of hearing their parents' accounts of their own birth. Children seem to have memorized every detail of the story that you've told them. I have a friend who claims that he has had the same conversation with his son more times than he could ever count. It always begins with his son saying, and then you drove mom to the hospital, right? Right, his dad said. And his son says, and the nurse said it was going to be real soon, right? Right, says his dad. And my middle name is for my grandfather. And as he got older, he'd say, my maternal grandfather, that's mom's grandfather, right? That's right, the dad would say. And then his son would say, tell me the story again. And you know when my friend would retell it. You know he couldn't change a single detail or substitute another story, of course, for this was a story about how they came to be a family. It's a story about who they are. And so it is with the story of this night. This is a story of how we came to be as a family of faith. It is the story of who we are. And maybe that's why the carols and the story of this night never grow old, because they are at the core of who we really are. Because generally speaking, we only insist on repeating that which is very important. And so this night, we retell lovingly the story of how we were found by God. I know this is the story of Christ's birth, but it's also a story about you and about me, a story about how we have been adopted. I have a pastor friend who remembers a couple in his congregation who had adopted a child. And as the child grew older, they decided they, of course, would tell their daughter about her adoption. And they told the story of a late-night phone call and an almost a race across the, the state line to a children's hospital. They told their daughter how anxious they were as they awaited her arrival. And they told her how they had been in, in such a rush that they had, they had forgotten their wallets at home, didn't have a dollar to their names, and they wished, they just wished they could remember the name of the kind soul who gave them ten bucks for some coffees and soup in the hospital cafeteria. And just like my friend's son, their daughter would say, tell me again. And tonight, we tell you again of the birth of love, of how God adopted us with love. This night we hear, for the umpteenth time in many of your lives, that of all the things, the, all the things that God could have done, God chose to love us. I mentioned a few minutes ago about that night almost 25 years ago when we tinkered with Christmas Eve. You could almost feel the congregation squirming. Now, of course, there is something to be said for making ourselves a little uncomfortable once in a while. Our faith isn't always about the warm heart of this night. Our faith is also about a heart for justice and a peace that stretches us. But Christmas, Christmas Eve, 
is probably not the best time to mess with people's <clears throat> memories of story. Christmas Eve is a night for loving repetition. It is a night for a careful recitation of the story that is not only beloved, but is beautiful and even bold because it embodies an enduring truth that if we love, then we both belong to and know God. Now, I don't want to burst anyone's celebratory or sentimental mood this night, but not only have we heard the story of love so many times, but yes, we've also experienced Christmas many times as well. We know what comes next in the days that follow. In fact, in a couple of days, there will be piles of wrapping paper that need to be gathered out and taken for the Tuesday recycling. Christmas decorations that will look a little bit worse for wear. And sealed bags of leftovers will clog our refrigerators and we won't really know what's in there. As someone has suggested, the busier our lives, it the wider the trail of chaos behind us. And so it will come to pass that in the days following this night, we will be cleaning up and we will be wondering at some time or another how a season so blessed, so joyful, can produce such a mess. But there will be good news even in that. Because remember, the truth of this night endures. For unto us a child is born, unto us love has been given. But this is a story not just for this night. For Jesus came to live and to walk with us, and not just to teach us what is good, but Jesus also came to experience all the wonder and, yes, all the challenges of life and to experience them with us. And you know what? If our Christmas expectations do not fail to live up to our hopes, maybe the Christmas ham is dry, or maybe there will be a painfully empty seat at the table. But Jesus came to share all of that journey with us and to remind us that we are not alone with that empty seat. The good news of this night, of our adoption by God, is that the Christ child is not on loan just for this beautiful night, but was sent to be with us, to walk with us, to guide us, to love us, despite our sometimes complicated and messy lives. Thanks be to God for a story that is worth repeating year after year, generation after generation. Because love never grows old. <clears throat> May you have a blessed and a Merry Christmas. Amen.